0: Welcome to Amalgam, a podcast focusing on creatives and entrepreneurs. You can enjoy the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. If you would like to get in touch or support the show, please visit amalgampodcast.com. Check out the blog for each episode on the Apple News app and follow us on Instagram at amalgampodcast thank you for taking the time to check out our show and please enjoy this new episode. Alrighty, we're here for the 11th episode of the Malcolm Podcast. Again, joined by FaceTime. Again, joined from an old Seaholm alumni grad Jeremy Hirschhorn, baseball coach and movement instructor. What's going on, man?
1: Not too much, not too much. How you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you for meeting me. Again, it's a late night. You know, you have kids, you understand that. It's oh, yeah. a put, put the kids to bed and get to work type of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm pumped to have you here on the show because um, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and you are um, your movement classes is something that we're really going to dive into. But in being a baseball coach, I do want to ask you, what what's a reason for a casual fan to be excited about the mariners this year
1: oh well there's there's uh there's quite a bit to be excited about really we're finally kind of in that sweet spot where we've got a um a veteran team mixed with some young talent
0: okay and what are your predictions for the year i mean are we going to make the playoffs or what's uh what's (laughs) the
1: (laughs) that's the worst question ever to ask a minor fan man it's like uh (laughs) Every time we do get this exciting kickoff to a season, we seem to end up a game or two out, but Ooh, I, think, I think I think we're going to make it this year. I think this is the time.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That shows how much, how little I know. <laughs>
1: yeah. But. We're we're actually sitting at top of the division right now, so we're looking pretty good at not quite halfway through the year.
0: Okay. Not bad. And remind me who's who's in our division. I think the only team I know is the A's. Are they in our division? Yeah okay
1: our division is actually pretty tough right now we got the defending world champion Houston Astros they're they're battling us for the top spot um and then the Angels from LA uh, Oakland A's um and then the Texas Rangers are kind of at the bottom at the moment
0: all those names though they seem like they've kind of been in the mix for talented franchises though is that right oh yeah obviously the Astros
1: yeah absolutely um I mean the astros and the um angels have both won world series within the last 20 years so
0: yeah for sure for sure that's what you like i mean that's kind of when the seahawks were i mean not that they're not going to continue to tear it up but you know when the niners the cardinals and then the rams always gave them trouble you know when you play six games a year against tough teams it's gonna it's gonna harden you up
1: yeah it's gonna make you better for sure
0: can you give the audience a little rundown of what you've got going on right now? And 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 we're, again, I keep mentioning the movement class, and we will get to it. But there's the movement class. You're also coaching, and then and then you do some Spartan races, right?
1: Yeah, well? yeah. Um, apparently, I like just having no time to sleep because uh, <laughs> I got a lot on my plate at the moment. Um, right. I'd say yeah. My priority number one right now is my movement class. Um, okay. It's a group fitness class that I run in the mornings through the, uh, baseball facility that I work at. Um, but I'm also coaching a a 12 year old team and yeah, preparing for my first elite Spartan race. That will be in August.
0: Okay. Elite Spartan race. Is that a tier above just general Spartan races or what? what? Yeah.
1: You know, they're open to the public for anybody to run. Um, and they have, you know, various distances and you can kind of sign up for whatever, um, wave you feel comfortable with. But, um, at the, the crack of dawn, they run the elite race, which is, you know, some of the most fit athletes in the world that run together at about 7 a.m. Um, they get the first crack at, at the uh, course. Mm-hmm. And I've been just kind of, I've been kind of casually doing these races for about five years now. Um, and I'm wow. excited to take my first run at and uh, see where I stack up with the big dogs.
0: That's awesome, man. That's exciting. Yeah. I've, uh, I've known a couple of people that participate in those things and they're no joke. And so to take that up a notch, that's that's some intense stuff right there, but I love it. I mean, real quick, what sort of stuff do you do to prepare for this? You know, let's start with, I guess, nutrition. Do you have to have a specific system that you're on for nutrition, or is, what? What do you do?
1: I would say, um, you know, nutrition has always been kind of a, kind of one of my battles, um, just because oh, okay. I got I got blessed with you know a pretty good uh, metabolism, a pretty good body type, um, mm-hmm. to always kind of appear to be in good shape. So I haven't had to really you know tailor my my nutrition too much um until i decided to really tackle you know Mm -hmm. an intense athletic endeavor so um it's it's definitely um a lot of changes you know mostly what i'm trying to trying to work on is replacing a lot of my diet with vegetables uh keep it a little bit more whole food avoid drinking too much alcohol you know kind of the (laughs) you know the the points you try
0: to hit yeah Yep. what about um training what are you doing physically for all of this
1: um so for training wise I've been I've been pretty into obstacles um you know okay. rock climbing and some of the obstacles that you deal with with an with a, a a Spartan race are like climbing over walls ropes uh monkey bars um that kind of thing so that's kind of been my wheelhouse for a long time so I I kind of I'm just looking to maintain that but what I'm really tackling is the running aspect mm-hmm. um so the the race I'm looking at is about 5 miles so that's a good distance for guys that just can really go out there and run it hard, Yeah, you know, and go pretty fast.
0: Okay. Oh, man. Every time I think about these things or I see pictures of them, they, it's just, they're intimidating. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, you're looking at, you know, um, kind of some gnarly terrain. You know, our northwest races are you're running through the woods. There's yeah. roots and stumps and rocks and, you know, mm-hmm. gravel and mud and all that fun stuff.
0: How many of these races have you done?
1: Boy, I started in 2012 with a Tough Mudder, and I think we did two Spartan races that year. I've probably done four or five a year for the last five dang,
0: years. Dang, dang.
1: So, yeah, I'm getting yeah. up there.
0: You're a straight-up veteran with these things. That's so awesome.
1: Yeah, it felt like a good time to dive into a, a competitive one.
0: Yeah, Oh man, it sounds like it. And so in and coaching, and you coach some youth baseball what's been going on with coaching lately you guys have you guys just got back from a tournament right yeah
1: um so we, in uh, actually the same year that i started running obstacle course races we we started um a program called the cascade crush um here in bellingham uh, okay. we, we haven't really had that, that select travel ball team level of baseball here in bellingham you know in previous oh, years interesting so yeah we decided to create that through inside pitch Um, and so I've been doing that for the last five, six years as well. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of that next level up from, from rec ball where you're going to be traveling around Mm -hmm. and doing some tournaments. Um, Mm -hmm. and the high school level guys are going to, you know, showcases and stuff like that.
0: Okay. That's cool. So, um, and this is just kind of for me, I, I always remember seeing you guys run around with like post seven stuff. How does this compare to post seven baseball or it did this replace that. It's
1: kind of it seems to be kind of in a transition at the moment. Um Okay. That the high school summer ball has always kind of been post seven. That's what I played when I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um and that's kind of been what's what's been around and been available. Um but now that we have a facility like inside pitch, we can do quite a bit more of the development side of baseball. So we're, Okay. You know, we have an indoor batting cage, we have a, a a weight room. You know, we have some pretty high level coaching going on there. So, right now, it's almost competitive. Um, okay. You know, between the two. Um, okay. But if you look around the country, it's definitely leaning towards those. You know, baseball facilities kind of taking over the summers.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, kind of keeping everything in house.
1: Yeah, we were we were starting to lose a lot of our higher level players to like Seattle and, you know, going down to the um, Seattle elite league and like traveling around mm-hmm. for different organizations, like perfect game. So we thought it'd be a good idea to try to keep some of those, you know, those homegrown boys up yeah, here in the Northwest.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot of pride too, when you can do that. And I mean, it brings a lot of good energy to the local area. And then also that kid, you know, then they have something to come back to it's uh really personable, you know, I don't know what it would be like to have to like be of concern for my, you know, my athletic career that I would need to leave somewhere around Bellingham for like Seattle, but I guess it happens.
1: Yeah. There are those kids that were, you know, they are just, they're hoping to, cause you know, the Northwest is kind of a small, small pool of, uh, in the baseball world. Anyways, you know, you're looking at like okay. California, Texas, Florida, places like that. Or um, they can okay. play baseball quite a bit more of the year. Um, so in our neck of the woods, it was, it was kind of hard to get that, that baseball development that you needed until these facilities started popping up. So, um, we kind of jumped on board with that.
0: Yeah. I remember as a kid growing up, because to be honest, baseball wasn't my favorite sport, but I always played it. And Mm -hmm. the hardest part about a sport like golf or a sport like baseball in Pacific Northwest is that you might be playing in the sun, you know, once, twice in the season but more yeah. often than not you know that just but again of course you know you miss any i miss any sort of team activity that i could do anymore i mean just the camaraderie that's Absolutely. The, just going to practice that was some of the funnest stuff ever
1: i know i tell some of the kids i coach all the time you know i'm mm-hmm. i don't I, I of course i miss the competitiveness of playing games but i right. missed practice almost more than i miss games because you know you're doing the stuff you love every single day
0: yeah and and you're with your friends and or or you know it's big team sometimes you don't you're not friends with everybody but there's still that like inner team competition going on sometimes and then also just just working together you know just putting in the work together it was it was really valuable for sure yeah
1: a lot of what i've learned about life i've I've managed to learn through through playing baseball
0: (laughs) nice nice Okay, so let's uh, let's check out this movement class, and um, we can start diving into this. So why don't you tell? Why don't you give me the definition of the movement class?
1: Yeah, um, so just kind of you know my personal class where it is right now in terms of its development is it, it's a it's a group circuit training class. So what we do is we go through you know sets of you know five to eight movements. They're all timed, um, kind of interval training. And mm-hmm. we're kind of working our way between um, strength training and endurance training. Okay. Um, and and that's kind of a popular thing, but my own spin that I wanted to put on it was to focus a lot more on that word movement, trying to help people be mobile and be able to use their bodies in the way that they want. You know, so mm-hmm. that was kind of the goal in creating the class. And and I, I kind of started off, the best way I could describe it is kind of weird, like um, <laughs> doing things that are kind of unfamiliar, or make you feel uncomfortable a little bit. Mm-hmm and and you know it's hard to get a lot of people to kind of jump on board with that so it's kind of molded its way a little bit back to more of a traditional fitness class okay. um, but i love throwing stuff at my clients that they're not ready for
0: right what's an example of of something that it might be a little bit off the wall that people aren't used to that you would throw into the circuits
1: uh, yeah so you know part of the part of the class the the first 15 minutes we always spend doing a mobility focused warm up so Um, you know, attacking the joints, um, and that kind of thing. So one thing that we definitely, that we do quite a bit to, to warm up is what's called stick drops. So if you can kind of picture, um, if you just had like a broomstick and you have a partner hold the very, very end of it and they're just going to let it drop. And then Mm -hmm. the other partner's goal is to try to catch that stick as low to the ground as they can. And as close to the end of the stick as they can.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Um, so you're, you're seeing people get into, um, you know, these natural squat positions and lunge positions, right? But they're always different. You know, if you, if you look at like a traditional weightlifting squat um, or lunge, they're almost kind of robotic. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. our goal is to kind of get you outside of those, you know, traditional comfort zones.
0: Mm-hmm. A little bit more balancing muscles a little bit. And
1: yeah, I mean, if you look at kind of going back to that term robotic, if you, if you look at, you know, how far technology came in terms of making robots we still mm-hmm. don't have any of that move like us right you know we're right. still not there yet because there's just so much that we're capable of um in terms of our our ability to move as humans so we're just trying to tap into as much of that as we can
0: yeah absolutely and just real quick have you seen anything from boston dynamics have you heard of have you seen any videos of the robots that those guys make
1: i have actually and it's okay. getting pretty crazy <laughs> it's getting, getting a little low. scary.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you're right. I mean, they're, yeah, in a completely controlled environment, you know, they've got a guy who can backflip. Great. Whatever. But at the end of the day, like, until you put a bunch of sensors on that thing with a bunch of, you know, 3D imaging and everything like that, I'm not going to be scared yet. But
1: yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's really, the more I learn about how the human body can move, the, the the less I feel like I know, you know, it's just,
0: ah yeah. it's
1: impressive to watch. You know, if even if you just take athletes, you know, high level athletes, for example, what they can do is is pretty impressive.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what how has the movement class been going for you and what what have you seen or how long have you been doing the movement class?
1: So I'm about a year and a half in uh, right now. So a a couple years ago, I started uh, doing personal training. Um, I was doing a group fitness class um, at another gym um, Mm -hmm. where I was just kind of a, a part time trainer there. Um so I kind of got introduced to the fitness business that way and it was great but I just kind of wanted to do more of my own thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so I I kind of branched out and luckily I had um the space and the opportunity to run a, a morning class um at Inside Pitch. You know, our turf mm-hmm. was just kind of sitting unused in the mornings. So I approached my boss Brandon, uh, the owner of Inside Pitch about about starting a class and yeah, he kind of gave me the tools and the opportunity to make it happen. So it started off with pretty much just me and like two or three people doing some stuff in the morning. And over the course of about a year and a half, it's started to grow and it's starting to pick up a little bit of steam.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what in that year and a half, which is a long time, what do you see yourself doing differently than when you started out a year and a half ago?
1: Getting the the word out about what you're doing um, has seemed to be kind of the biggest challenge. Um, And I'm still kind of learning, you know, how can I do it differently? I've I've kind of started tapping in more into the social media marketing campaigns and that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. um, just to try to get the word out. Um, in terms of, of what we're doing in the class, I I started off kind of doing, doing what I wanted to do and it's kind of molded Mm -hmm. more into what other people want. You know, what, what are, what are my clients goals and and how can I help them, you know, achieve the goals that they want?
0: Yeah. And everybody's different. So you kind of got to modify here and there a little bit, I'm sure.
1: Oh, exactly. So, I mean, that's been the biggest thing was, you know, just, you know, bring, bring forward something that's going to, you know, be what people want,
0: basically. Mm -hmm, mm Mhm. Yeah. That attractive, that attractive product or service. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. When you are engaging on social media, um, I see you put out, you do the Instagram story really well. You do posts, actual videos that you put together for your main, your main uh, account posts uh-huh. And then you have a blog and a podcast as well. Right. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about those and what, and what the blog and the podcast versus, you know, how you, how you mesh everything with social media and what the purpose of those are? Or is that, yeah, is that that's just good. a super complicated question? No, 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 <laughs> no, that. I get,
1: no that's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. Um, well, one of the kind of things that just kind of happened naturally was I had an Instagram page that I was just kind of putting my personal things on, you know, what I was doing and, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was doing quite a bit of training in terms of, you know, obstacle course racing. And I actually made an attempt to try to be on the TV show, American Ninja Warrior. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> I spent a few, a few years trying to break into that, which is a whole, whole nother story, but,
0: um, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I, I'm going to write that down. To talk <laughs> we, about that.
1: we can chat about that
0: too.
1: Um, <laughs> But so I started to kind of post some stuff just like, here's the workouts I'm doing and, you know, here's what I can do now or whatever. And I was actually getting some response and that's how I actually got a job as a personal trainer was a a gym owner in town noticed some of the stuff I was putting up um, and asked if I had been certified or not. Um, And so I kind of started that whole process of getting certified and then I started training people. So I, I really started off just kind of putting up what I was doing.
0: Um, nice.
1: and it, and it worked well. And so I just kind of continued to do the, the Instagram thing. And then I created a Facebook page for, you know, specifically for my business. So that was kind of mm-hmm. the next step. And I, I feel like those are, those are very similar. You know, there's definitely different functions of each that work a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So those, are, those were kind of my main two things, but everybody always asked me if I had a website and I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can like, do I have to pay for a website? Am I smart enough to run a website? Like uh, yeah. I had no idea how to do any of that stuff, but apparent but I found out, you know, WordPress is like uh, a monkey could do it. You know, it's like, you can just oh, yeah. ju- All of jump it right in. Man.
0: Oh yeah. Everything. WordPress, Squarespace, everything. Yeah. It's so easy now.
1: Yeah. So I, I you know, I kind of, I dove into that and then, um, I was listening to, um, do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? You I've know that heard name?
0: the name. Yes.
1: So he's a pretty interesting guy. I stumbled upon his, his podcast. Um, And I just kind of started listening to podcasts as I drive, you know, to and from Mm -hmm. work or whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of hit me. It was like people, people love the ability to just listen to something while they're doing something else, Mm -hmm. because it's not like sitting down and reading a blog where you have to dedicate whatever amount of time you need to reading it. Um, So I started to do that um, with the podcast. And then the blog just kind of came out of, I, I enjoy writing. A little okay. bit. So I started okay. to kind of just throw down my ideas that way. But yeah, the podcast has definitely been quite a bit more successful in terms of listens and engagement.
0: Okay. And and what do you... So for me, the podcast is obviously what we're doing right now. And then for my blog, is a, it's more of a behind the scenes. This is what Corbin's learning week to week. You know what I, I mean? Or, yeah. So just talk... Can you talk about what sort of subjects your, your blog or your podcast is going to have versus each other?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the blog, it's definitely more, um, I've shared kind of my experiences, um, with either, um, personal training or obstacle course racing or my, kind of my athletic background. Mm -hmm. Um, I post a lot of that or nutrition tips, workout tips, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of my input. Um, my podcast is definitely more, um, it, it's been pretty much all coaches, so either
0: okay, you know okay.
1: personal trainers, group trainers, or, or coaches. Um, so that's definitely the difference there. It's been more of an outside influence rather than um, you know what I have to say.
0: Okay. And what's your podcast called?
1: Um, I haven't really had a name for it.
0: Oh, okay. To be well, honest. Can, more I'm getting at is where can we send people to to listen to your podcast? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, well, I'm on a website called Podbean. Um, okay. And it's just under Jeremy Hirschcorn.
0: Cool. Yeah. Podbean.
1: Which is a super easy last name to write down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's almost as long as mine, so mine's yeah. a little easier to spell, but <laughs> Oh man. So we got the you've got the movement class, you've got the podcast centering around coaches, you've got the blog to supplement all of the other information that you're trying to get to people, and yeah. you've got the coaching going on. So now and then, and then the Spartan races as well. You're training for those as well. So yeah. um, so then we've also got to talk about the Ron Johnson project.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. What is it and why is it important to you?
1: To, to kind of dive into that, I have to go, um, I have to tell the story of Ron himself. So Ron okay. Johnson is an umpire here in Bellingham. Um, I mean, he's been umpiring for, I think, 40 some years. Wow. Um, a long, long time. And I've known him... Uh, I started playing softball. We're talking like men's underhand, slow pitch softball, um, when Uh, I was 19. mm -hmm. Um, so I'm in my 12th season of that. So we've, we've always kind of known Ron as not only like the nicest umpire we've ever had, but, but one of the guys we just enjoyed having behind the plate. So, Mm -hmm. um, I've always known him and, you know, he was kind of referred to as the big umpire. He's always Mm -hmm. had a tough time with his weight, um, for as long as I've known him, um, and he'll 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 be the first one to tell you that it's been a problem for a long time. I've seen him fluctuate up and down and, and have a tough time with it. But I hadn't ever really talked to him in depth until I met him at the dog park. Um, so after I got okay. my dog, Rosie, we started going to the the dog park quite a bit. And Ron was always there. Okay. And he's the kind of guy that if there's somebody around, he's going to start a conversation with them. Like, okay. it doesn't matter where he is, he's going to start chatting. So we started talking a little bit and it kind of got into, he was, he was kind of trailing off to the point where he was going to maybe have to retire from umpiring. And like, as soon as it got to that point, like in the conversation, I could just see him kind of just mm-hmm. shut down and it mm-hmm. just kind of broke my heart. And so I asked him, I was like, well, what would it take to get you to not retire? And, you know, we started talking about um, his ability to move and mm-hmm. you know his instincts and his health and that kind of stuff. And, it was just one of those moments where for whatever reason, I just felt super compelled to want to help this guy. You know, he had devoted so much of his life and his time to this profession that, you know, you basically, if you do a really, really good job, nobody notices. That's inspiring. Right, right and so, exactly. Uh, you know, there's no money in it really. And it's just kind of, he did it for the love of the game and he did it really well. So, I was just like, I got to help this guy out, you know? And so we started talking about maybe doing some, some training sessions together and he wasn't able to afford training, you know, to the level that he Mm -hmm. was going to need it for sure. And I was like, it's
0: expensive for anybody, honestly. Oh, for
1: sure. Especially one-on-one with your own custom program, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. we're talking
1: like $85 an hour for for most places on the kind of cheaper end. So, so I just was like, well, you know, I finished my morning classes at eight thirty. If you want to come in at nine, I'll stay for an extra half an hour, a couple of days a week and we can do some stuff. Wow. And so he started to do it. And like this fire just got lit under him. That was so much fun to watch. Like he just, mm-hmm. he was there every day. He was just raring, raring to go. And it was just this cool experience. And I was learning a lot from him and he was learning a lot from me. And it just kind of turned into this really cool thing. Um, and I told him, I was like, I'll give you a year of this. Like, we're going to dedicate a full year to this and, and see what we can do. Um, and we kind of made a few promises to each other. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna show up every day and I'm going to give you, an, you know, my best. And I mm-hmm. expect the same from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got, we were getting close to the end of the year. And you could tell that he was kind of scared of that it was going to end. Um, and so we just kind of started throwing some ideas back and forth about how we could, turn this into a lifelong thing um and that's when the ron Pro- ron johnson project came to came to my mind of mm-hmm. can we turn this into kind of like a scholarship situation where right you know i'll keep doing this every year with a new person and we'll kind of create a community around it right because one of the toughest things for a lot of people in, the, in their weight loss journey is accountability you know, mm-hmm. what's the motivation to continue to do this every day and make these decisions and these choices? So creating a community around that was like, that was kind of a no brainer. So he agreed. He was like fully on board with it and just pumped about the idea that we could create something that might outlive both of us, you know, hopefully it'll mm-hmm. just keep getting handed down. Um So we created the Ron Johnson project together. And so his, his full year was up back in February. Mm hmm. Um, and we went through kind of a interview process with a handful of people that were, you know, in his similar similar situation, you know, in in that obesity range as far as overweight, mm-hmm. um, you know, not able to really afford to make the adjustments necessary, and and uh, so that was like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Was
0: really sit your-
1: down with five different people and hear their story and want to help oh, all five of them and have to choose geez. one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be difficult. tough. Oh man.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we ended up being able to direct a few of them, um, in the right direction. I'm actually still training two of the other ones. Um, and okay. then, um, we have a, um, a new, uh, participant that, that, uh, has been with me, um, since February and she's doing fantastic.
0: Yeah. And, um, and it's really exciting to watch if, if, People are on Instagram. Go check it out. It's the Ron Johnson Project. You can search that. But Jeremy does a really good job of of documenting and sharing what he's seeing on a daily basis, and it truly is motivating. It's I've I've been watching you know for the past year, and uh, it's exciting stuff because like you can see the camaraderie in everything that you're doing there. You can you can almost feel it through the smartphone, which is such a sad thing to say, but <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, a lot of people are kind of doom and gloom about the whole smartphone you know revolution, but there's so many positive things we can get out of it. I think,
0: well, it's just personal responsibility on how you do stuff. I mean, it's like anything you yeah. know, we've had, we've had TVs in our living rooms forever. And it's just a matter of don't watch it eight hours a day. Um, so when you were, you're preparing the workouts and everything, where do you, where do you draw your inspiration from that and what sort of, where, where are you getting your workouts from? Because they, there's not just like a, a general website you can go and just pull all the stuff from. I'm sure some people have done a nice job of collating a bunch of information, but you have a very unique approach to everything and a different approach when it comes to movement. So where do you, how do you come up with your workouts and your circuit training?
1: So, I mean, I've kind of married two different aspects together. So like the movement aspect, that has come from a lot of different places. Um, That's kind of the more diverse part of the class. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to even kind of pinpoint, you know, where to begin with that. But there's a few different names out in the world of, of these really enthusiastic movers that want to get away from the cookie cutter, you know, Globo Gym kind of Mm-hmm. here's what fitness looks like. And they're, they're on the outside of that. And that, that was one of the biggest turning points for me, um, was discovering that. And one of those names that I, I lo- I'd love to talk about a little bit is, um, you yeah, yeah. know, portal.
0: Okay. Is, How do you spell that? How do you spell his first name?
1: Um, I D O. Okay. P O R T A L. Okay, cool. Edo portal. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's an incredible human being that if you spend any time on YouTube watching some of his stuff, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's just visually going to take your breath away. But um, okay. the, the more you dive into his story and what he's about, um, you'll probably get lost in that like I did. Um, nice. But that was kind of a big influence on, you know, my own personal training and what I wanted to do with myself. And that kind of happened about probably six months before I started my class. So um, wow. I, I got to really dive into that and, and kind of change my own perspective on what I wanted to do first. And so I definitely wanted to bring that into into my class and, and share it. Um, but I knew that a lot of it was going to seem out of the reach of like the average person mm-hmm. um, in terms of just, it's hard to look at the top of the mountain and think that you're going to take all those steps in between to climb there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to... Um, have a little bit of that aspect, but also make it a little bit more accessible to, you know, the average person that's got, you know, 45 minutes in the morning to, to get their, their exercise in. Right. Um, so that was, that was a big influence. That's where I draw a lot of, um, you know, most of the stuff that I do personally. And then I kind of mold it into what I think um, will help people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then on top of that, the circuit training stuff, um, has come from, um, I got certified through ACE fitness, which is the American Council on Exercise.
0: Okay. Um, okay.
1: And so that was, that's been an incredible certification for me to get because they just share so much information, you know, via their website and emails. And, and I get a quarterly magazine and all this kind of research is done, you know, and just kind of handed to me in a nice package. So that's actually oh, nice. Um, pretty nice to just kind of, you know, take bits and pieces of what I like and, and do it. And then the other thing that I always tell my clients is I'm not going to make you do anything that I haven't already done myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's, it's a lot of, you know, personal testing and, and tweaking and, you know, that kind of thing.
0: You are your own experimental table sort of thing. Like you're, yeah. the, you're the science experiment. Exactly. So you do a Um, so he's, what's, What's his general philosophy? If you could sum this person up just a little bit for the audience, well, I know he's a major influence for you, in, in, and yeah. how you change the way you train and everything like that. But what for the layman, who is this person?
1: Yeah, um, boy, he started off. Um, he sp- started off like a lot of us did, playing team sports as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and was kind of just more of an individual and that kind of fit his mold. So he got into, I believe it's Brazilian like dance fighting. It's called uh, and Oh yeah, sp- And yeah. I don't even know how to spell that for you, but. Um, well, you said
0: it, said it well, I think. I mean, that sounds yeah. right.
1: <laughs> and, and that's an interesting kind of, um, it's a, it's, it's a mix between dancing and fighting and it's, it's pretty cool to watch, but, um, that's kind of where his expertise was. And he felt like he like, maxed out the limits of what that was so he wanted to kind of go outside of that so he just started studying everything and he's got an unbelievable like determination to learn everything there is to know about just how the human body can move Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of his thing and it, it it like if you if you just watch a couple of his videos you know you'll it'll kind of switch your your you know view of what it is to be not just strong or fit, but just being able to be, you know, in a human body basically.
0: Right. Right. So it's,
1: it's kind of hard to like sum him down into like a title.
0: Um, right. But, but he, I, I did just wrote, I did hop on his homepage and I think I've seen some of these images before. So um, yeah. I'm definitely getting an idea just from his homepage of what this guy's about.
1: Yeah. But, and, it, and he does a bunch of like, um, they do movement camps and stuff like that. Um, all over the world and he was just recently in Denver and I I would love to be able to go to one of his I don't mm-hmm. even know if you would call it like a seminar or a camp right. or, because you're doing you know you're doing learning and you're doing moving and you're training and all this kind of stuff all together but he's also um he came into contact with Conor McGregor um, the Uh-oh. UFC fighter and um they kind of hit it off actually and and so he's been he's been working with Conor McGregor I think for about four years or so
0: um, and, and in- in those years, probably is when Connor was most successful as well. I Absolutely. Mean, you watched that documentary of his, and I know it was just a giant. You know, it was his documentary that he made, so obviously showing himself in a very great light. But you can't deny that man's um, work ethic, and you can't deny what he brings to the table as far as his his beyond his personality, beyond everything that he says, mm. what he does, and what he what he stands for you cannot take that away from him. I mean, he, he finds, he finds the things that nobody else wants to find. And then he makes them work for him. And, exactly. uh, and, uh, you know, people don't come around like that very often.
1: No, it's been incredible. Cause like, I've always been kind of a casual UFC fan, but I dove mm-hmm. more into Conor McGregor after I found, Ito. Mm-hmm. um, just seeing some of the videos of them working together. And, you know, as, as much as, you know, there's been co- all kinds of crazy stuff going on with Conor McGregor but if you look past that into like how he trains and how he thinks about training and fighting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's some incredible stuff there for sure
0: yeah and in i mean even in life too any you listen to him talk about visualizing i mean he will constantly say that visualizing yeah. visualizing and that's the power of that i don't think people are really really buying into yet but i mean
1: boy it's it's impressive like he's impressive he's basically just sat down and described his career how he wanted it to go and what he was going to do and then he just did all those steps mm-hmm. and yeah he's been relentless
0: yeah it's it's inspiring sure. say what you say about his dolly throwing it's still <laughs> still an inspiring dude yeah uh, yeah i recently got into the ufc for the last couple of years as well and um i i didn't realize how much I enjoy watching it because I mean it's it's pretty incredible. The, there's a level of I mean the one on one competition stuff is always exciting to watch. Like you watch tennis or you watch, but this is this is different. This is it doesn't really feel like sports, but I also feel like I'm watching the highest caliber athletes on the planet. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And so um, kind of going back to Ito's you know philosophy, yeah. um, he talks about he talks about fighting in terms of like. You know, um, all these different styles of fighting are different doors that you can walk through. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when, when UFC first started, it was like a karate guy versus a sumo wrestler versus like a kickboxer, (laughs) you know? And now it's like, I don't think you can call these guys any one thing. So you always talks about like, okay, there's the karate door or whatever, but what if I give you a key that opened all those doors? You know, wouldn't you want that key? And that's, you know. So that's exactly his thing is like, he doesn't want to make it a style or a technique. You know, he wants to just be able to do whatever he wants to do with his body at any time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what kind of drew him and Connor together because you watch him fight and some of the stuff he does is like super off the wall, but Mm -hmm. boy, does it work? Right.
0: Yeah. And everybody always talks about how loose he looks like Connor looks very loose in there. And, Mm -hmm. um, and anybody will tell you like you lift weights and that's all you do your body's going to start to stiff up a little bit you yeah. know and and this actually I, I'm glad I want to bring this up because following you and your in and, and how much you how much information you share I mean you share your workouts you share instructional videos I mean motivational videos every you're you're very outward focused it's not you you can tell that this is a you your genuine mission is for everybody around you to be better and for anybody who comes in contact with your content to become better. So anyways, right. what um what happened for me, a personal experience for me following some of your instruction is I fixed my shoulder straight up. I've been injuring my shoulder every 6 months doing military press whether it's single arm dumbbells or with the barbell. So every 6 months somehow some way it would injure my shoulder. And you know, you get tired of going and asking for muscle relaxers from the doctor, and you mm-hmm. just, and all of that crap. So, I've, I was watching your page, and you had simply all I needed was a broomstick. That's yep. all I needed, and um, the the rotating my arms just front to back. So you're holding the broomstick in front of you, and you just rotate your arms to where that broomstick's now behind you. And to, to start it off, my flexibility was like negative too. And now, <laughs> now just simply doing that for a couple of evenings in one week, all the mobility came back. I haven't been injured since I've started doing it and I've been pushing the lifts as hard as I can and I feel amazing. So I want to awesome. thank you, but it's, it's the yeah, stuff works simply just stretching out my shoulders, just simply doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, so that's, um. I, I mobility is like the piece that's kind of missing, you know, for a lot of people is, mm-hmm. um, if you're, you know, even like if you're stuck into like using machines and like bikes and, and treadmills and that kind of stuff, it's very mm-hmm. like one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do use all that stuff. I'm, I'm with all that stuff, but there's just this other, other ability for our bodies to move in these different, you know, pathways that we don't use as much. Um, um, and I think that that's where a lot of injuries happen. You know, it's like, I've had clients that, you know, they're, they're bringing their groceries in from the back of their car and it's like a gallon of milk is what, you know, throws their back yeah, out. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know?
1: And it's cause they just picked it up in a way that they haven't moved before with, with weight on them, you know? So, right. you know, the goal is to, is to try to open up all those different pathways as much as possible, um, so that you can prevent stuff like that, you know? And. And some of it, some of those workouts and some of those movements aren't very glamorous. So it's, you know, that's kind of the the glossy fitness world that, you know, a lot of people want you to buy into doesn't address that stuff.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So that was a big goal of mine.
0: That's, and yeah, it's, I would say that you're being very successful in that. And D, the thing about that, that glossy glamorous look, like it's never the stuff that looks cool. That really gives you the value. It never is, and everybody should just accept that. You know that you might look cool running on the treadmill, but again, it's it's functional strength, functional mobility. Like we have to be able to live our lives, and you have to be able to to get outside your comfort zone without any fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I would I would have a ton of fear built up for that particular exercise that might limit you know, any sort of strength gains or any uh-huh. sort of, you know, positive growth from there. And so, uh, it's, it, and sometimes it's just the simplest thing.
1: Yeah. One, one of the best ways I can describe it is if you watch like, um, so at the batting cage, we always have these guys that come in, you know, whatever age and they have a, like a younger sister that does gymnastics. So okay. I see this all the time cause there's a gymnastics place just right down the street from us as well. So you can tell that the girl, the, the girls have just come from gymnastics and they're, you know, hanging out for their brother's practice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they will just start doing, they'll just start practicing all the stuff just in the hallway or, you know, wherever there's space. Like you don't even think there's enough space for them and they'll just do like a <laughs> back handspring. You know? right. And it's like, that is, that is what we lose. I think as we get older is that ability to just kind of do the stuff that we want. That mm-hmm. just is kind of natural because mm-hmm. we fear what it looks like, or who's around us, or is it, you know, Dude, the right time and place for it?
0: A hundred percent that that childlike mentality. Like yeah, we lose it completely, and and everybody's so in their head about ah, what is this person going to think, or that person's going to think, or what if I fail, or what if I make a fool of myself? And it's just like, I I the older I get, the more I admire and I want to see people failing out loud or failing in front of people because yeah. it's just. You, you get so much more value out of that. I mean, think about, to, for example, today, first day of a jujitsu class, terrifying, did not want to go. Absolutely. My, buddy's, my buddy's been, you know, asking me to check it out for a long time. Finally, kind of trying to go through all of these things lately of get outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I went and it was glorious. I loved it. And again, that camaraderie, that working with teammates and everything—it's right there. Yeah. You know, you're you're you know there's people at that gym that are actually fighting. Like I was rolling around with this kid who just fought Friday night. You know, and if he can teach me to be better, and I can give him, you know, some sort of different look that he may never have not seen before, it might make him better. And it's just, just, I, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so yeah. glad I went and yeah. yeah, I lost every time I rolled <laughs> with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I looked like a fool cause I didn't know anything and I've never done any, any sort of training like that before, but I don't know, man, I feel amazing. Yeah. We'll, that, see to, we'll that see
1: value, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That value is just so often just right on the other side of, you know, breaking through that first barrier, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that's kind of been, you know, in terms of, bringing people into my class, that's probably been, um, one of the biggest hurdles to get over is just that first day, you know, like, um, you know, they, I have so many people that have, that have reached out to me or, or whatever that talked about, you know, okay, I saw, I saw your videos or I saw this post or, you know, I love what you're doing or all this stuff. And then when it comes time for them to just kind of step out and do it, it's like, ah, I can't, you know, or I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look foolish. And, um, there's this, I have to share this one story of a client that I have currently. Um, Mm -hmm. And most of my clients have kind of come in through word of mouth or they know somebody or, you know, they're um, a parent of one of the kids I've coached, or there's some kind of like really direct link to, to connect us. But I have, I have one client who she just, she doesn't, she didn't know anybody that was in my class. Um, She had never been to inside pitch before. Um, She just happened to stumble upon, one of my videos somehow um, nice. on Facebook and decided to come in and That's you, could just, awesome. you could tell she was terrified and, you know, she doesn't move super well. And like, you know, she's got some weight to lose and, and her, her coordination wasn't quite there, but for whatever reason, she just decided that it was time to do something. And she has a, um, I think a nine year old son and she was like super motivated by I want to be able to play with my son and grow Mm -hmm. up with him and like, you know, do Mm -hmm. all these things. And she struggled for a few months, you know, and sometimes it's, it's hard to see those, those improvements until all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just did something for 45 minutes that I couldn't do, you know, six months ago. And, uh, it's been, it's been crazy to see that. And like, that's what kind of motivates me the most is those stories are just so powerful. I love it.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. In, in, in a nice organic growth, you know, a very natural like this person came across content that you put out there, mm-hmm. and the beauty of your content is it's kind of timeless. You know, it can just exist until somebody like that can stumble upon, and boom, their life is forever changed for the positive. Yeah, and it, and even if they only going once a week or they can only train so many times like anything's better it's all about the small victories just Absolutely. Her, her simply getting in her car and making it there that morning or, or whenever that's boom victory she should be proud of that you know totally and to stick with it you know it i don't know it's it's so hard to you know force people to kind of see the positive in a situation. It is. And you just kind of got to step back and just hope that, you know, eventually they'll get it. They'll get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, I just try to share as much of that as I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, the people that find it and, and do something about it. Awesome. You know, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully there's more of them, you know?
0: Absolutely. What are you, what are you personally watching, reading, or listening to these days that's giving you some new content or giving you new motivation? I
1: mentioned the the Gary V um, podcast a little bit earlier. That's kind of my go to podcast in terms of like um, personal growth. He's just he's got a no BS way of just kind of motivating you to, to do things, mm-hmm. and like he's just very realistic about where the world is right now and like what direction it's heading. Mm-hmm. And he has that same mentality of like I'm gonna put as much stuff out to help people as I can for free to just you know get it out there. And, and he's come from that super, you know, positive, you know, vibe. And he's like a, he's like a multimillionaire. He wants to own the jets. Um, that's his okay. goal. <laughs> um, but so like his content, um, I really enjoy, I've kind of fallen off of that lately. I've been kind of wrapped up in my own stuff, but, um,
0: yeah, but that's good.
1: Yeah. You know, like, I'll just kind of I'll run into somebody that I like, like Ito, um, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of exhaust everything that they have out, you know, like he, right. He's pretty sparing on some of his stuff now. Cause I think his, his whole following has gotten bigger than he really, you know, wanted it to get. Oh, um, okay. So, you know, he, he, he's not out there for like attention or whatever. He just kind of does his <laughs> thing and like it's just blown up and he's got quite a big, it's called them, they call themselves the movement culture and they just kind of all are following him. So you know, I went through all of his old blogs all the way back to like 2006 and oh, um, wow. some of his older stuff, but he doesn't quite put out as much content anymore. So like, once you get to the end of it, you got to kind of move on. Um, uh, okay. But there's, um there's a guy named Rafe Kelly um who I follow quite a bit. Um, and I've kind of dove more into his stuff. Um, he has a program called um, evolve, move, play, I believe it okay. is. And he's kind of, a. his whole thing is return to the source. It's like natural movement and like being outdoors. Okay. Um, and just being kind of a kid, he has a lot of stuff with like roughhousing, okay. um, just, just being <laughs> playful, you know, and like enjoying yeah. the ability to be a human, you know, and do mm-hmm. human things. He's got a lot of good stuff out. If you sign up for his email list, it's just all like very detailed instruction stuff. Like it's, super helpful it's not just a bunch of here come buy all my stuff right which i love um so yeah the the two of them um trying to think of what else i would love to read more i mean that's a personal Mm -hmm. goal of mine is to be able to read more but you know i have have a a year and a half old son and i have all these projects going on and coaching and all that stuff so not reading nearly as much as i'd like to but um, I try to check in with my certification and, and they, they put out a lot of content to read. So try to keep up yeah. with that.
0: That time you'll the year and a half, you're, you're like right there, man. You're, you're about to hit the point where you're going to have time coming back to you.
1: But, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. nice to know, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. So before we get too far past an hour I gotta ask about the American Ninja Warrior stuff just a little bit
1: oh yeah yeah um so So what was the
0: process like to apply for that how do you even where do you even go to get started
1: man so it was kind of a weird like basically when inside pitch first opened we were extra innings and it was slow like there was like no one was coming in there so during the summer we would just kind of hang out and like we'd clean the whole place and then we'd just Mm -hmm. watch tv but basically (laughs) I hope my boss doesn't listen to this but uh (laughs) And and we found this channel with, um, the original Ninja warrior on it. So it was in Japanese with subtitles Uh and me and my buddy just loved it. So I was like, boy, I got to find a way to get on this show. So we were like Googling and doing all the research and like, it was in Japan. So like you basically had to go to Japan to do it. Dang. You know, so we hung out and we just kept watching it. And eventually they had, um, the very first American Ninja warrior, which was like a competition, um, between like 15 different parkour runners, um, to select two guys to go and run the course in Japan. Okay. And it got like outrageous ratings and they developed (laughs) their own show and NBC bought it. There's actually like a bunch of casting websites that will lead you to how to get on. Okay. Um, and you basically have to make an audition video yourself and send it in, (laughs) which my, my first one, which is horrible. And it's like seven minutes long, um, is on YouTube still. Oh yeah. Um, so you can, if you have seven minutes to waste, you can watch that. Um, but yeah, you, you, you answer all these questions. It's like a 25 question, you know, that you submit and then, um, yeah, you send in a video and if you get a call back, then you get to go to a, um, a regional tryout. I think there's five different cities that have regional tryouts. Okay. And so I never got a phone call. So I decided to try and do the walk-on thing, which you basically just show up where they're filming and you yeah. spend the night in line and try to get, you know, invited I in. shot
0: at it. Yeah.
1: And that was a crazy experience. I, really. I, um, I heard that they were filming like three days before they were doing it. So I was like, it was like a whirlwind. Okay. I got to get a plane ticket to LA. I got to find out where it is. And I got to oh go. My gosh. Um, So I packed my bags, flew to L.A., took a cab to Venice Beach um, where they were filming, found the line, and um, there was like 45 people in line before me. Okay. And the very first guy had been sleeping in the tent for a week. What? Yeah, so I spent the night in a sleeping bag on Venice Beach.
0: No um, way.
1: To try to get into the walk-on line. And uh, I don't know if you have ever been to Venice Beach, but it's crazy down there. (laughs) There's like... There's like every type of person you can think of is in Venice beach, but um, yeah, I spent the night there um, spent all the next day in line. And then they didn't start filming until almost midnight the next day. What? Um, Yeah. They were filming it at night because it looks cool with all the lights and like Mm, they were trying to get the course dialed in the right way and all this stuff. Um, And so like people started failing all the obstacles and like, it was kind of wet and just, it wasn't working. So they invited a bunch of walk-ons in um, and they took like the first 25 out of the line.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, that's as close as I got.
0: Dang, man. Yeah. Dang
1: I know. Uh, I was really close. I met a couple of guys from the tri cities actually while I was in line oh, uh, Okay. and they got to run the course. Um, so that was pretty cool, but uh, yeah, that's okay. I just kind of, I almost reached out and got it, but didn't quite make it.
0: Yeah, no, that's okay. And you gave it as good of his effort as anybody could give it. So I'm, no yeah, I sent in.
1: Away. I sent in four audition videos, so I did it for about four years. It was kind of my goal, but yeah, it's kind of on the back burner now.
0: Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Looks like we crossed over an hour. Um, you definitely have already given some resources, so I'm not gonna make you go back through those. But I'm gonna I'm gonna rename them just so you can verify me. Got Ito Portal mm-hmm. for the Movement Culture thing. You've got yeah. your <laughs> um actually i do want to touch on this but we'll, we'll, we'll do this after you got the gary v for personal growth yeah and rafe kelly with evolve move and play yeah excellent those are great do you have uh do you have anything else that you wanted to share in particular for like a resource for the audience or is that i going to cover th-
1: those are just yeah those are great i mean if you cool. if you spend any time you know on any of that stuff just start with um going on YouTube and finding one video of Ido Portal and then mm-hmm. just enjoy the change that will happen after
0: that. Yeah. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah. And so real quick, where can people find your stuff, you know, pod or er, podcast blog, the movement class, you know, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Take would, it away.
1: I would go, um, just my website's kind of got a link to everything else. Um, mm-hmm. so it's uh Hirshkorn fit dot wordpress dot com. Mm-hmm. Um so if you start out there you can kinda of, you can find um links to my bl- you know my blog's on there and you can find links to the podcast, um Instagram, Facebook. Um those are the places I hang out the most.
0: hmm Excellent. Great. Well Hirsch, thanks for staying up late with me, man. What time is your is your class tomorrow morning?
1: Yeah, uh, we got a five fifteen AM
0: So what time do you get there? <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, I get up at 3.30 because I like to be in there early to set up and kind of get everything flowing.
0: Oh man, thank you for staying up late with me, man. (laughs) I appreciate it.
1: It's been my pleasure, man.
0: this this is a great episode and and thanks for explaining um how important movement is for everybody and everything that you do for the community and and the the digital world sharing all this content i think it's really important that people check out what you have going on because it, it will give them life back it's just been great to catch back up with you man i really appreciate it
1: absolutely my pleasure